0: Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Uh, Hey, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Numbers 13 here in just a minute. Numbers chapter 13. As you are turning there, why don't you turn to two or three people and just say something amazing about them. Come on, just compliment their hair, ask them what they do to moisturize, let them know they've been in the gym this January and you notice it. You're like, you've been working out. I love 6 p.m. Y'all turned up. You guys are my most turned up service. Numbers chapter 13. Next week, we're starting a brand new series on relationships. I'm super excited about it. We're going to talk about dating for a little bit. We're going to talk about marriage. It's going to be great. Uh, But I really felt in my heart to pause before we jumped into that series and talk about this. A few weeks ago, we talked about forgiving other people, and it was powerful. Like half of our church started forgiving other people, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. Uh, And then last week, we talked about the superpower of kindness, if you were here. And sometimes we need to be kind to ourselves, and we need a kind mind. And sometimes the person we need to forgive is ourselves and getting over our own hurts and habits and past, and so we have to forgive ourselves as well. But tonight, before we go on into the series on relationship, I wanted to just to talk about this concept of faith. And and because here's what I know. You will not be able to get to where God has called you to go in 2024 without Him. And if you need Him, you need faith to connect with Him. Because everything that God does in our lives is based in love, because God is love. He, it's his nature. First John 4, 8, God is love. So he is love. Everything he does in your life is based in his nature. It's based in love. Then he sends it with this thing called grace. Grace is God's ability. He's not looking for your ability. He's got his own ability. And so grace is his ability. It's his mercy. It's his kindness. It's his power. It is grace. This is why the Bible says, it "Is by grace you've been saved. Right? You didn't save yourself. You didn't earn salvation. I didn't earn salvation. I wasn't good enough to become a pastor. I was not good enough to become a Christian. This is by grace. And then it is received by faith. Faith is the glove that receives what grace is throwing in my life. And I know for us as a church, God is moving. And there's more for us. There's things that God wants us to do and accomplish, and we won't be able to get there in our own strength. What a cool thought. okay? And so for your own life, for your own marriages, families, relationships, careers, you won't be able to get to where God has called you to go apart from him. Therefore, you need faith. You need to receive what grace Is throwing in your life, okay? So Numbers chapter 13, we're going to look at this passage of scripture, and the context of this is God has invited the children of Israel, right? He has delivered them from Egypt, okay? So hundreds of years before, God talks to the patriarch Abraham, and he's like, I'm going to give you this land, okay? And so they get going a little bit. They have some family members. It's a small pocket, right? And then they go to Egypt, and then they get captured into slavery for 400 years in Egypt, Right? And so they're in bondage, they're in turmoil, they're in pain. It's a terrible time. God delivers them through a series of miracles, Right, brings them out, brings them to the door of the promised land here, and he says, now I'm getting ready to give you this land. I'm getting ready to set you up with the best present I've got yet. Get ready to inherit the promise now. Okay, This is like Christmas morning when you're four years old. Okay, like the tension is is high. It's everything they've hoped and dreamed for. Like all of a sudden, they're at the door of this great promise. Okay, and this is the context of Numbers 13. Okay, so they get to the edge. I want to start reading in verse 13. So chapter 13, verse 13. And the Lord says to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites, right? So he's like, get some spies together. And he said, get some spies together. And I want you to go explore this land and make sure it's good, and then while you're there, check out the people, like, are the cities fortified, is it not, are they scattered, Are they, whatever, you know, and, and he's like, oh, and bring back some fruit, right, like, and, and like, let's just make sure it's, it's really good, right, and so they go, and they check it out, and they explore, it. And, and to their amazement, man, it's a beautiful land, it's got tons of fruit and vegetation, they're like, they come back, and they're like, yo, guys, it's everything we've ever dreamed of. Our hopes are high. And they're like, it really is a land flowing with milk and honey. That's how they describe it. It's like, this place is incredible. It's, it's an awesome promise. We're excited. And then all of a sudden, the chapter takes this sour turn. And 10 of the 12 spies are like, yeah, the land is amazing. But we can't have it. We can't take it. We can't get it. We can't get the very thing God told us we could have. Well, why? Because the people are too strong. The opposition is too great. And they even said this about themselves. We're like grasshoppers. We're nobody. We're too weak. We won't be able to do it. And in this like crazy moment of just like deflation and energy sucking and hope dashing, they start talking like this. And then they start telling a bunch of the people. And before long, the entire congregation of the children of Israel are like, oh, the land is so good, but we're so weak, we can't take it. And they're completely defeated. How tragic to be on the edge of their greatest miracle only to count themselves out because of fear. Like, how tragic. And then you have two guys, Joshua and Caleb, the two remaining spies, are like, no, no. The land is amazing. God is good. Everything he promised, everything he said, it is actually awesome. And if God is willing, guess what? We got it. We can do this. We can make it. it, He's with us. You know, here's what I've learned. Fear travels a lot faster than faith does. Bad news travels a lot faster than good news, doesn't it? There is something about bad news. We are just hardwired to believe it, right? There's just something about the human condition, our brokenness. When someone says bad news, we're like, oh, got to turn on the news. You know, it's like news is bad news. Why? Because it travels fast. It sells well. We respond to fear a lot better than we respond to faith, right? We just do. And so they have everybody convinced it's an awesome promise, but we can't get there. What's amazing to me is God had delivered them out of Egypt, but it took another generation to get Egypt out of them. What a picture of the Christian life. Sometimes God delivers you from that situation, but that situation is still on the inside of you, right? And it takes a little bit more time for God not to just to get you out of the mess you're in, but then to get the mess out of you, right? Here's the problem for me with fear. Fear considers My problem, and it considers me, but it never considers God. Here's my problem, here's me, I don't match up, I better just quit and give up and forget about it. But it never considers God. On the other hand, faith considers God. Yes, my problem is present, but so is my God. My problem is real, but my God is bigger. Yes, my problem is a challenge, but God is greater. There was a preacher in the 90s, he preached on this, and I've never forgotten this sermon the rest of my life. And he preached a message, because, you know, their report is, hey, the land is good, but the enemy is too great, right? So he preached a message called, how big is your butt? And it was the 90s, you know, and I mean, the 90s were unhinged in general, okay? So, but I I never forgot about it. Now, as I was preparing this week, and I thought, man, if I were to preach that message today, I would tweak a little bit being in South Florida and just say, like, how big is your butt lift? You know? And I was like, that's, that's on point, you know? <laughs> but there is some truth to that. Like, how high have you elevated, right? Your rebuttal, okay? Come on. Like, it plays well, right? I can stay here all night. You'll never not be able to think about numbers 13 and butt lifts again, okay? Like, it's, it's now in your mind. But isn't it amazing when God wants to do something in our lives and God gives us a promise and that we read the Bible, and isn't it incredible that all the reasons we give back to God of why it can't happen? And instead of telling our problems all the ways God could like, come through for us, like we're just kind of hardwired for the negative, or're just like hardwired for it not to work out for some reason, right? And so what I want to dig after a little bit tonight in our church is, you know, where do you kind of lean, right? Because, like, your butt lift can only go one of two ways, okay? Like, either you're like, hey, God said, but my problem, or I have a problem, but God. And so what are you lifting up? What are you really, like, magnifying? The Bible says magnify the Lord. I'm not called to magnify the mountain, i not called to magnify the problem. I'm not called to just sit here and magnify everything that is wrong. I'm called to magnify the Lord. And faith is not denying reality, okay? You can get a little weird for sure, okay? Some Christians get there, I'm like, no, there is a thing called reality and we live in it, okay? But, but God, like yes, I'm dealing with this challenge, but my God is still good. Amen. He's still worthy of worship. He's still incredible, he still answers prayer. And God could answer it one of 101 ways. You know, in 20 years of following Christ, I have yet to see God fail me. And that doesn't mean everything goes my way. It doesn't mean everything is a bed of roses. It doesn't mean I don't have challenges. Okay, but God has been faithful. And God has been good. And God does answer prayer. He answers. He talks. He leads. He guides. He opens doors in ways that I didn't even see coming. He's just good like that. And so I have learned, I want to elevate him consistently in my life. Amen. Amen. Fear never considers God. It considers you, considers the problem. Faith considers the problem, but it considers God bigger. Faith will say things like, I can have what God says I can have. I can do what God says I can do. I can receive what God says I can receive. I can become who God says I can become. Your life is not a wasted life, okay? I saw something on, on uh, the internet this week that really kind of got me excited. I thought, this really pairs so well. There's a fish stuck in this little pond, okay? And it, there's a moment where the fish realizes there's all this space on the other side of this little barrier, Right? And I found myself just going like, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. If you're from the Midwest, you you get that illustration. But, you know, and then he makes it on the inside. My heart was just like, yeah, buddy. Like, way to go, man. What a great picture, though. How many of us are swimming in the pond of our own will, missing out on all the promise that God has for us? all the space that he wants us to take and invade and all the people he wants us to reach and all the experiences he wants us to have and and all the blessing and all the goodness and all of his will and, and we so often swim in our will and we just never get out of that little comfort zone to get into all of his bigness. You know and this little like sandbar in between, you know, that's that's the fear. Right? That's the rebuttal. That's the, hey, no, I I can't leave my safe space because what if, and we just stay, we stay there. Hey, guys, church is not for comfort. It's for calling. It's not for comfort. It's for calling. Two services are a lot more comfortable than three. One service is more comfortable than two. You know, that first year we were training leaders in our townhouse, sitting on couches, eating donuts and drinking coffee with no setup involved and no teardown at all. That was the most comfortable. Had we stayed at comfort, we would have missed dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people coming to faith in Christ. Church is not for comfort, it's for calling. It's not about us, it's about, you know, we're showing up for people that haven't even shown up yet. I think we're showing up today for a generation that maybe hadn't been born yet. I mean, we might be in heaven one day chilling and God's still getting people saved through City Live Church. What a thought, right? So like, is it about my comfort or is is it about my calling, right? Is it about, oh, I can't leave because it's unknown or I have fear or whatever, but it's like, I don't want to miss out on the promise that God actually has for our house, for my life, for my marriage, for my kids. I don't want to miss out on the bigness of God. I don't want my fear or my comfort to get in the way of everything that he actually has. I don't want to look at my problem and look at me and then just count myself out. I want to look at him, right? I want my faith to be stirred, to say, yeah, maybe I'm not enough, but God, he's with me, he's for me. He's got more space for me to live in and and swim in, and so I I want to get out. Some of you, you just can't be inconvenienced long enough yet for God to use you, (laughs) if I can be honest. You're too comfortable. You just can't get inconvenient enough. I saw this tweet this week, and it was the boss like, hey, you coming into work today? I showed up yesterday. What do you want? <laughs> I was like, I love it. Like, that's it, you know. But I like, want a real thing for some of us. We just can't be consistent in our discomfort for God to get the thing he wants to get through us through us. I've shared this with some of you. Some of you maybe have never heard this before. I started my ministry as a janitor. I got saved. I called into the ministry. I was praying God to help me out and, you know, get a church started or an event started. I was so excited to preach. I had, I had so much in me. And the only door that God opened up was for me to janitor a small church in Indiana. And I faithfully janitored for two years. I cut the lawn. I cleaned toilets. I cleaned up after chicken dinners. See, if you go to a country church, they kill a lot of chickens for Jesus. A lot of chickens have died in the name of Jesus. That's true. (laughs) And so I just, I'm serving. I'm adjusting the AC. People are complaining that it's too hot or too cold or that it's too dusty. And I learned to deal with criticism and love people and serve them and just go. I did that for two years. And then after that, you know what God did? Was that comfortable? No. Was that inconvenient? Yes. The next door got opened up, I got to serve another ministry. And I'm like doing everything. Like I'm just serving and just serving and serving and serving and serving. Then I got to serve another ministry. But this one was a little more fun. I got to kind of travel around the country as I'm serving this ministry, right? And learning and serving and serving. And I got to meet my wife in one of those churches. Had I never served that ministry, I would never have met my wife. 18 years of marriage, four kids. Serving is sexy. If you want to get married in church, just start serving. Just start serving. Somebody's going to be like, oh, you know, they're not that good looking, but they do serve, so okay, you know. Right, they got the heart, you know. like So many of my blessings have come from a willingness to be inconvenienced long enough, uncomfortable long enough before I could get into the the promise. I don't know who that's for, but that's really for somebody. So fear travels faster than faith a lot of times. That's true, okay? You get a group of people together and they start talking the bad news and gossip travels fast, right? Okay, that is true. But here's the cool thing, okay? Faith also travels. Faith is a little contagious, okay? And so fear traveled fast and it disqualified one generation, but faith stayed in the camp as well right? And a new generation comes up, and all of a sudden, they start hearing the stories of God did, and something else begins to happen. Faith is stirred, and the people, you got these men, Joshua and Caleb, they're just talking faith, talking faith, talking faith, okay? So when I first got married, my wife discovered that I had this funny little trait, right? And so I'd get home. Uh, I was a youth pastor at the time. I'd get home, and I'm from Indiana. I'm from the north. When you enter a house, you take your shoes off. Okay, like you guys in South Florida, you keep your shoes on for everything, which is fine, I ain't judging you, but like I just, I can't get it out of my culture. It's just inside of me. It's like showing up on time. If you're from the North, you show up 10 minutes early. Clearly that does not happen here in South Florida. Okay, we well, can you know, that's another culture thing. And so I'd sit down in my couch, I'd take my socks off, and I ain't gonna throw. And so I'd put my feet on this little like table we had and I'd sit on my couch and I'd do this thing where I would just like rub my toes like this. And I just like this thing. And it, it creates this like noise, I guess, where it's like you rub your toes together and I don't even know about it. And I just sit here, watch the news or a show and I'm just sitting here just like rubbing my feet. And my wife, the irony is so fun. Like my wife hates repetitive noises, hates it. Like it drives her bananas. And her husband and all four of her children just keep seeming to make repetitive noises <laughs> like, like all the time. And so when she would come around, she's like, stop. I'm like, what, what's wrong? She's like, I can't handle that noise. Stop rubbing your feet together, right? And so for like first two years of our marriage, she's like, stop, and I'll still do it, honestly. Just like, a, it's a trait. And so one time over Christmas, we come home to my parents' house, and we, you know we're just chilling out for the holidays, and my dad sits down on the couch. And he puts his feet up on the table. You know what he does? He starts rubbing his toes together. And then like the next day, my sister sits down, and she noticed, my sister puts her feet up and she starts rubbing her toes together. And my wife's like, ah! You all do it! Everybody rubs their toes in this house. What is wrong with you guys, right? Like, she has this realization. It's a weird family trait. My dad somehow got it from somewhere and sat down, and growing up year after year after year without even realizing it, I'm watching my dad sit down and rub his toes together. And so when I grow up, I sit down, and guess what? I just rub my toes together because it's what you do. Right, You pick up family traits. You ever seen some families, they all just kind of walk the same? They talk the same. They laugh the same. It's a family trait. Here's the good news. Faith is a family trait. You are in the house of God. You're a part of the family of God. We are believing people. And if you hang around us long enough, faith is going to start rising in your heart. We're believing people. We're trusting Jesus' people. Yes, we have a problem, but we have a bigger God. Amen. Yes, the problem is present, but so is my Jesus. And he will never leave me nor forsake me. And faith is a family trait; It doesn't travel as fast as fear, but it does get passed down. Amen. I remember going in. The Old school saints would talk about a prayer closet. And my mom literally had a closet in the house that she would go into and pray. And it's probably because she had four little kids that would never leave her alone, right? So she would close the door to her bedroom, then she'd close the door to her closet. And this was back in the day, my mom used to play Maranatha music. Now, you've been saved for a long time if you know what Maranatha music is, okay? Scott and Lorna are shaking their heads, that's about it. I'm sorry, I'm going to point you out. But you're like, it's the only amen I got. And I'm like, they know what Maranatha is from the 80s, you know? And so she put her cassette, you guys don't even know what a cassette tape is. That's how sad this is, okay? But... She put her cassette tape in, and she would play this worship music, and she would go into that closet, and she would cry. She would worship. She would pray. My parents are doing really well now, but there was a time we were not doing well. There were literally weeks that people came and brought us groceries, like, out of nowhere. And had they not, we wouldn't have eaten that week. I mean, God has just he has been faithful for a long time. But I remember my mom going into that prayer closet and praying and crying, and worshiping, and saying, and declaring that God is good, even though everything around us did not look so good, and I remember she'd come out of that closet, and she'd have a smile on her face, her countenance would be changed, and she'd look at us, and she'd be like, you know what, you're the head, you're not the tail, you're above, you're not beneath, God is good, he's for us, and my sister and I were like, what is she talking about, she's been in her closet again, you know, like mom's off a little, you know, but it's just funny, it's like, And I I look back on that, I'm like, how did you have so much faith? And I'll tell you the wild thing is I I started watching prayer requests get answered. And I started believing God long before I gave my heart to Him. Truly. Like, and then my mom started praying for me. And I'm just like out there being crazy. She goes, I've been praying for you. God said you're gonna be a pastor. I'm like, Mom, there's no way I'm going to be a pastor. I promise you, like, I am not going to be. If that is the one thing in life I am not going to do, clearly my mom won, okay? I'm like, how did she call that, like, years before? My sister, she used to have terrible, terrible asthma, terrible asthma when she was a child. In fact, we almost lost her three different times. She had asthma so severe that if you mixed it with any kind of, like, pneumonia or bronchitis or anything else, like, we had to rush her to the hospital. She almost died. Today, she's a medical doctor, (laughs) She runs marathons, she's treated so many... Pay- i just like, I'm like, the goodness of God. Like, truly just the goodness of God. But I watch God answer prayer after prayer after prayer. You know, and, and here's the thing. Faith, it translates. I don't trust God because I've got an education in theology. I trust God because I watch my mother relate and talk to and hear from and know God. Pastor, why are you still here after 20 years and all the craziness that's out there and the craziness in the church and blah, blah, blah? Because I've never been loved like this. I've never seen answered prayers like this. I don't have anything else to give you other than God's presence or God's love or God's word or God's miracles. I have nothing else. I've never experienced anything like this and I didn't get this from a textbook. Like, you know, an education is good. I've got it. But you can't get a doctorate in this thing. You can know about God and not know God. But where are the believers that know God? Right? She knew God and it was a witness to me. Faith, it translates, it's a family trait. Faith is a family trait. And so this new generation comes up, right? And they're hearing stories from Joshua and Caleb. And they're telling them about, hey, we got delivered from Egypt. And God did this. And God did that. And God stayed with us. And God did this. And God provided manna. And he provided quail. And a new generation comes up. And they don't have Egypt on the inside of them in quite the same way. And they're like, why are we in this desert and not in that land? And Joshua and Caleb are like, that's what I'm saying, bro. Let's get ready. Let's take this thing. And all of a sudden, they come up and they hear the faith. And they're fed on a diet of faith, and it gets inside of them. And God's like, yo, now I got my generation. Let's go take it. No one from the other generation got to go in because of their unbelief, but a new one did. And you know who got to go with them? Our boys Joshua and Caleb. Because they considered, I got a problem, but my God is greater. Church, I want us to have that heart. Yeah, we got issues. We got problems. We out of space. I don't know. But God is bigger. You know? Like, whatever it is, like, God is bigger. I don't want us to ever miss as a church or in our families, in our marriages, our relationships, everything that we are. There is so much more that he has for us. And we're not going to get there in our own ability. We're going to get there by faith. Amen? So you can have what God says you can have. You can go where God says you can go. You can become what God says you can become. You can do what God says you can do. Amen? Let me pray for you really quick. Heavenly Father, I love this church. I love these people. Father, may we be found with a spirit of faith, May we have a heart of faith that believes you for big things. We don't want to get to heaven one day and see all the things that we've missed because we didn't trust you. We want to be a people of faith. We're a family of faith, and we choose to trust you, Jesus. And we all have things we're dealing with, but we declare tonight, you're bigger, you're greater, and you're better. You're good. And you are faithful in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online at citylift.church. Have an amazing night.